I can hear him when he does that. Tell him to I stop know. sighing. I know. He can't help himself. Uh, all right. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Greg's Garage Pod with host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Bike911.com. Wait, Bike911.com. Go check out Alex Asante. He's a lawyer. If you need some help, he's going to help you out. Bike911.com. Just go visit. Just go like refresh, 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 just so everybody knows we're driving him. Hey, everybody. I'm Greg White sitting in Pennsylvania, and Jason Pridmore is in California, but you're not home, are you, JP? I'm not. I'm not. I'm at, I'm at David's house today. So, oh boy, we could hear some. If you stuff don't know, he means David Kolb, who of course was our you know battle of the olds guy um, way back in the day that people are still talking about today. Right? Is that right? Are they still talking about it? I think. Are yeah, they? I think so. Yeah. Every now and then, someone comes up to us and you know says, "Hey, battle of the olds, when are you going to get back on the track and battle J?" Somebody literally said to me this year, "When are you going to get on the track and race against JP?" Mm. And I'm wow. like, uh, "Never. He's faster than I am." You know, because in order it goes like it goes if you if you take Chuck Walla out of the equation, right? Mm -hmm. And you're talking about fast people, it goes Jason Pridmore, then it goes me, then it goes Jeff White, then it goes Kolb. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'd probably do a modification on that, but but you got two of them right for sure. I'm not interested in hearing your modifications at this point. (laughs) I mean, I know that that you think Jeff White's faster than you, but let's just not say that. I don't want people to think this. You know, he probably mm. is, yes. So how are you, Jason? Good, good. Getting ready to leave to... You, uh, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm down south. I'm playing in a tournament, golf tournament, down south. So I'm staying with Dave, playing in this thing, and then I'm catching a flight to uh, to Austin um, on Friday. I'm leaving Friday. Going to get to do some riding back there on Saturday, Sunday, which I'm excited about. And... I'm just going to hang out in Austin and wait for Moto America Circus to come to town so that we can uh, get what is it eight round eight under our belt there? Yeah, round eight of round nine. Eight? Yeah, for Medallia Superbike anyway. Medallia for the Superbike, big, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit weird, obviously, with Daytona with some classes, but yeah, right. in terms of what we do, our ninth Moto America official round of the or eighth Moto America official round of the year. Yep. So I'm have a, you? I, you know, you're not bothering looking at the weather, right? I haven't. Yeah. I was literally going to look at it while I got you on the phone. I'm pulling it up as I talk to you. So yeah, I know it's been. Don't, don't, I know don't. it's been hot. So <laughs> oh, have you have you looked so. at it? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been oh, keeping yeah. an eye on it oh, because yeah. Saturday 101, Sunday oh, 100. Nice. Yeah. And then oh, I mean yeah. it's. I mean, for our Moto America weekend, it's looking like 100. I mean, it shouldn't deter people from coming out because that's just a high. It's not like it's going to be there. You know, I think it goes really from 75 and then just goes right to 100 just for like three o'clock and then it goes right back down. Yeah, it's going to be be 100 degrees every day that we're there. So, dude, it has been absolute record scorching in Texas. I was talking to some people who shoot archery and they were just like, they've had record number of days, like 30 something days in a row of 100 degree days. Oh, wow. It's, It's been brutal. So, we're just, you know, we're in a time right now, man. We're in yep. a time. I'm in Malvern, Pennsylvania, shooting US Archery, uh, two national tournaments. My last two of the four that I shot last weekend was a bit of a disaster in Yankton, South Dakota, but um, we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. But in this podcast, folks, we're going to be talking about motorcycle racing. We have MotoGP Catalonia. It's on deck. It's coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And of course, MotoGP Fantasy. Uh, pro motocross season is over. We're going to talk about how, how Jet ended up doing. And of course, we are going to talk about news presented by Arai. And then we play music like this. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, everybody. Helmets made by the dedicated hands of those who work at Arai have shown examples of supreme protection for decades. The numerous improvements by their experienced hands and personal desire to further the protection of riders' heads are among the many unique reasons Arai helmets perform the way they do. From our very first helmet to those we make today, rider protection remains our first priority, and we at Arai shall never forget the value of what we have been seeking to protect is priceless. Okay, so let's talk about the big news. The big news is, Jason, in Moto America, that Cameron Bobier is out for the season, and he will be replaced by Stefano Mesa, who's going to step away from his super sport machine. What do you think about the, that entire situation? Well, first off, you know, we got to hope that Cam's going to be okay. Uh, obviously, he's taken a couple hits to the head. Um, and the, the reason we know that for, I mean, other than the video, is just the visors come off twice. And, um, you know, so I know he's rang his bell a couple times. Sounds like he's a bit sore uh, in some other areas too, like knees, I think I heard. Just beat up. It, it's just, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. I would have thought that he could probably come back for Jersey if he wanted to. Um, but maybe they're just like, let's shut it down, get an off-season testing plan together, come back swinging better in uh, 2024. For Stefano Mesa, I think it's um, it's a, what an opportunity. I mean, we've seen him come from just dipping his toe in the series and always kind of being at the front. To, now he's at every race, every weekend. Um and now he's getting a chance to to ride, arguably, um, one of you know the best bike in the paddock, second best bike in the paddock. I, I think that the you know the Yamaha and the BMW are are is pretty close right now. Anyways, um, one's just got a little bit more development on it. But for Mesa, what an opportunity! I I didn't read how the whole thing works for him. If he's just working with Cam's crew or how that whole thing goes, I'm assuming that he's just jumping on Cam's bike. Um, you know, uh, within the team. So I think it will be a great, great opportunity for him. Yeah. I don't think in the press release, they addressed any of that, but that yeah. is going to be something we'll stay on top of when we get there, because is it going to be, you know, a big shift, right? We'll, we'll, we'll any of the other team members shift. I, I wouldn't think they would. And then you just have him step into Cameron's crew and do all that stuff as opposed to bikes. Maybe, you know, PJ's going to go, you know, get this bike and maybe Corey gets that bike. I don't really know. The thing is, is that what it really intimated was that he's going super bike only for the rest of the season is Stefano Mesa. So yeah. his bike's going to be left vacant, but it's still a program. There's still mechanics over there. There's still transportation, everything else. So it will be interesting to see who they find to give an opportunity to put on a Kawasaki. Wow. Okay. That's, that's so going to be the thing I'm going to look for too. So he's not going to ride. Is he second in points right now in Supersport? No, no, I think he's Ty third, Scott third is, or fourth. Ty Scott is. is yeah, Ty, Ty Scott, then Josh, and then Ty's the only one yeah, that I can catch him. I remember you saying that in telecast. Now, yes. So that so. I mean, in a way, that makes sense. The only thing. And keep in mind, Mesa has big bike experience on a on a thousand. He races a ZX10, oh, yeah. I believe, at the club level. So it's it's an incremental step. It's not like he's only been on Supersport and he's just going to like slam on a Superbike. It's it's going to take a while, but it is a big opportunity for him. And the fact that they're going to give him two events to do it, I think, is even better. Yeah, you know, Coda is is 
what a, what a place to start on a BMW, don't you think, Jason? Because you, you've got to be smiling with the size that Mesa is. Now you have a guy. Yeah. I mean, holy crap, dude. That BMW is going to rip on that back straight. It's going to be a missile for him. I mean, you know, maybe the only other track that could be better for him is would be Road America. Like, first race out, it would be great. He's going to have to get used to the speed. I mean, he's ridden a 1,000 plenty of times. It will take nothing for him to get used to that. But I think at Coda, the braking is going to be a little bit different for him to get used to. Um I don't, I don't remember. I'm sure he's been there. I just don't remember him being there. Um, but the braking at the end of those straightaways on that bike are, is going to be intense, but he's fit. He's young. He's, he'll be fine. He'll, I mean, like I said, he's ridden everywhere. He's got a great crew. They're going to get him up to speed quickly. And, um, but yeah, it, that thing's going to rip with him on there. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah. All right. Let's go to MotoGP because the question on the table is, are the bikes too fast? Well, uh, uh, speed, speedweek. I think it's speedweek.com is reporting uh, an exclusive interview with Ducati's Gigi Delinia. Mm. that he would like to see the displacement of MotoGP engines go from, from 1,000 cc's as they currently are down to 850 cc's, and he wants to see it soon. Now, in terms of the other manufacturers, Jay, KTM says no. But the question kind of looms out there is, is KTM's kind of blocking this thing a ploy for them to try to get those more MotoGP spots that they need? Um, you know, I, look, I have, the, I have the interview up and I wanted to read parts of it. Do you think we have time for me to, you know, to do that? Or do you just want to get into a discussion about it? Because it's, it's a multi-layered kind of a situation. And it's, it's very interesting to hear what Gigi Delinia has to say about it. Uh, or do you want me to just kind of paraphrase some of the paraphrase it a little bit? Yeah. So basically you have the MSMA, right? The organization of manufacturers that gets together and they, and they talk about, uh, you know, rules and stuff for MotoGP. And apparently, uh, after, you know, something that occurred back in 2019 or 20, that the manufacturers didn't really, they kind of didn't really take it seriously. They weren't talking much or it was 2018, I guess with arrow, some arrow stuff. But it was it was late COVID when everybody decided that hey look we need to get back together we need to talk uh, you know we need to get these things decided that in terms of cost cutting and everything that was going on with COVID that they started to talk again but it is still not a cohesive organization by any stretch of the imagination you have a lot of these you know manufacturers that want to do different things but the big thing is is that they want to keep bikes faster than super bikes but they're three to four seconds quicker. So they want to slow them down. Mm -hmm. Now, my concern, Jason, as we've seen before, if you go from a thousand CC to 850 CCs, yes, you're going to acceleration is going to slow down. Your top speed is going to slow down. But then naturally what happens to the bikes, if they slow down, what, what a manufacturer is going to do to them, they're going to get them in the corners faster. Get them to go quicker. Because everybody wants to go fast right? The quick, quick, yeah. quicker in the corners, yep. which also means you're going to have to still modify tracks for safety over the long term if that's what you're going to do. Jay, there was one article that I read that was talking about reducing the quality of the tires to slow riders down. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going to say that too, you know? Yeah. So in, in other words, look, Gigi Delinia wants something done. He, he recognized that the speed is too much. There's so many discrepancies that the MSMA has in terms of Size of displacement, aerodynamics, electronics, a bunch of stuff. But I'm just curious to get your take. I don't know if you've read this or you're hearing this for the first time right now. Um, but going down 150 cc's displacement, what are your thoughts on the entire helicopter view of it all? 
Well, I'm with you. I mean, if you drop them 850 cc's, they'll figure out a way to still make them fast. All the manufacturers will keep pushing. Um, the speed, corner speed wise, that will be another issue. What you just said about the tire, like making the tires in a sense worse so that it keeps the speeds down. That's crazy. I also read where Gigi said that in order for us to slow the MotoGP bikes down, we have to slow down the World Superbikes first too. So it's a trickle down because they don't want Superbikes going as quick as the GP bikes. Um, so if they did that, they'd have to also muzzle the Superbikes as well as, you know, doing that to the MotoGP bikes. Greg, some of this stuff is so beyond my comprehension of what would be the correct way of doing that. Like how do we... How do we slow things down? People are, I mean, since since time started and racing began, it, it's always been like, how can we go that little bit quicker? How can we get a little bit more out of this? How can we get a little bit more out of the tires and technology? And and now we're at this st- the stage where technology has got so good, where the speeds have gotten even greater. And I mean, I you know, for me, as long as the racing's good, I don't really care if lap times aren't necessarily getting broken, as long as the racing's really, really good. Um, that said, as a rider, you always want to try to, you know, get better and progress from the year before. What have we, what have we got underneath us that's better? Can we go quicker? All those kind of things. So I think one of the things that we think about a lot, even in our series, is there's a lot of super sport records that Garrett Gerloff and I think J.D. Beach held for since 2017 because the rules were different, weren't they? So has it has it hurt our racing because they have not broke those records? I don't think it has. And I think that the longer that those records stand, people forget about it. But sometimes when I see you going through your notes and it's like, all right, what was the lap record on Supersport? And you go back and you're like, oh, it's Garrett Gerloff from 2017. I don't think that that hurts what we're doing now. And I don't think it hurts our racing um, because people know the rules and things were different. So it would set a new standard of, of what lap times should be or could be. People will always say that the bikes that set the lap times that we're going to these tracks at um, it was a different time. Bikes were different back then. Cause I think that there was still some, even that Maladin had up until maybe a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, we were going to tracks and it was like, like I think Road America was one of them, actually, um, from way way back in the day. So yeah, it's it's just it's it's interesting how the whole thing kind of could play out. Road Atlanta was definitely one of them that that was that was it took a long time to break, and and some of that has to do with just the fact that you know when we went to DMG we went to more stock type bikes. Like I don't think they were allowed forks, and there were some things that make the bike go fast around corners that they just didn't have. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the DMG days, and then we got back to the world superbike type rules and through a few years of development and Dunlop catching up and all those things, I think we're kind of at that threshold, but I agree with you in, in terms of like the, the track record stuff for us, it's more of like a, a superhero building thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like this guy just went out and broke track record, but yes, the reality of the situation is, is that we know that a racetrack itself lift, if left unchanged and not a, a, a polymer modified racetrack, like road america now if the track is left unchanged a new racetrack will be kind of brutal the first year 
Second year, it's, it gets a lot better. It's the third, fourth, fifth. Maybe even you could drag it out to the sixth year where the asphalt is record-breaking. And then you start to see a demise. And, it, of course, this depends on the part of the country that you're in. Correct. The brutal of the, the sun, the, of the, you know, there's a lot of factors, right? The winters, those types of things. So it, it's it, chasing track records is kind of a weird bit. And, and racetracks only recognize track records in a race. So if you go right. to like any racetrack's Wikipedia page, we look at track records and we go, nah, there's two track records, which is insane, you know, but you're sitting there going, this is the outright fast record. This is when yeah. you had barely any fuel in the bike. You had a qualifying tire, like everything was perfect. All the stars were aligned. This is what they were able to do. And then this is a, you know, like a race condition, either they had worn out tires or they had a full fuel load, whatever it is. So I think it, for us, it's, it's more of like a, like literally a passing storyline to build heroes. And at the end of the day, I agree with you. I think people want to see good racing. Yeah. You know, dude, in, in archery over last weekend, I just had this huge, I don't know, I want to say it was an argument, but we had a heated conversation over what's a better series. And this was, uh, you know, two, two guys from Europe that were here shooting and they were like formula one, formula one. I'm like, how, yeah. How how can you say that Formula One's better racing? Are you telling me Formula One's a better series than MotoGP? Right. I would argue that you're probably right because they have you know the drive to survive and they have all this like drama built around it every day. This contract has happened and this person said this, and because they have so many media people that are making money on it, yeah. that they create all kinds of good you know good crazy stories that keep people engaged. But if you're telling me racing. You cannot tell me, Jason, that Formula One's a better no. series than MotoGP. There's no shot. No, it's just it's too much. Um, there's so much politics in F1, and and, and it's, it's just so uninteresting and... to watch. I I saw highlights from last weekend, and what was funny is, and I still don't know. By the way, I don't even know what track they were at. It was a crazy looking track that they ran, and weren't they in the? They were in the Dutch. Yeah, the track they, looked. Track was crazy yeah, looking. The, I think were it was the a, their Dutch GP, and okay. it was. It was, it, it had, cam, it had some camber corner. Like it looked neato. I, it was not, not appropriate for a motorcycle in some spots. Correct. That I correct. Didn't know. Did you say neato? But I did. You said neato. Dude. That's interesting. Dude, it was wicked neato. Neato. You know what I'm talking about, doctor? Yeah. You know that's what I'm talking about? funny. Um, yeah, it did. And it started raining on the first lap. Like the, the races are just pretty boring and uninteresting to be fair when I have tried to watch them and mm-hmm. And the commentator at the beginning of those races just cracks me up. He's just screaming, screaming. And I'm like, what are we doing? It's cars going around. There's like nothing really happening. Okay. They're just yeah, following each other. I mean, so, I understand people are passionate about Formula One and I don't blame them. Yeah. I definitely don't because it's, it's Formula One is more soap opera than it is racing. Correct. And MotoGP is less soap opera and more racing. And, yes. and that's just kind of what I prefer. And that's that. I mean, I'll still keep my, you know, toes in F1 and all that stuff. And I, I try to check to see who's around, who's racing, who's the dominant people. But I'm not really, it's not not my thing. I never got into it at COVID. I never watched Drive to Survive or anything else. But it sure no. was the biggest thing for it. But anyway, that's kind of getting off topic. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be, you know, the thing about F1J is they can make changes and they have more ability to make changes because, you know, you can go from a normally aspirated engine to a much smaller displacement engine and turbocharge it to now a hybrid you know, Formula One car to an all electric car and motorcycles were just different. You know, we're not going to turbo it's bikes, we're not going to supercharge bikes. Yeah. The only thing we really have to control that is just to, to adjust the displacement, which of course, if you're a historian of MotoGP, you know, has already been done. Right. It's been done before. Exactly they went right. down to 800 CC bikes to, to do this exact same thing. So, you know, I, I think that, that a guy like Gigi Delinia, who is responsible partly for the speed of MotoGP bikes, 
with with all the 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 invention and, and creation of arrow and, and you know like all of his innovations and his team's innovations yep and now he's gonna lead and say well we need to slow these things down it's like dude you're the problem get rid of arrow <laughs> slow stuff down get, let's get rid of arrow and see what happens get rid of gg no just kidding you know yeah no no exactly gosh, right. no but you know what i mean like i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> like like you know it, it's like so what you're saying gg is let's go ahead and, and divert from the real problem which a lot of people think are squatting devices and you know, uh, uh, all the arrow that they have on a bike and, and yeah, let's get them back down there because there's going to be a limit to how fast people can go. But now you're, you're causing all kinds of heating problems and the manufacturer of the tires is trying to catch up and all kinds of crap. Anyway, right, right. we could go down that rabbit hole forever in Moto GP. We're going to continue with that. Jay, it was determined. Speaking of arrow, it was determined that Miguel Oliveira in the last GP in the Red Bull ring, he had a front wheel weight issue. So the Aprilia hmm. team of Oliveira put on some bigger brakes because of the braking demands of the racetrack. And of course you have all the downforce as well, speaking of arrow. And it was suspected that the extra heat generated melted the glue that held on the wheel weights. And that caused him front end vibration. Have wow, you that's ever incredible. heard of such a thing before? No, that's incredible. But then again, it goes to show you what technology has done. I mean, with, with every little movement you make, you're creating something else happening right within that spectrum. And, um, you know, the fact that they made the, the brakes a lot stronger and that downforce got, you know, I mean, melting the glue of the wheel weights, that's that's probably not something that anybody's ever seen. So, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. That's pretty wild. Oh, I guarantee you there's somebody right now at Aprilia who is on the phone, you know, with like 3M or some company that makes adhesives. And they're like, do you guys have a glue that's cheap? That'll Can you hold imagine? That yeah. Crazy. You know, I don't even know. A couple hundred degrees C. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's because wild. I mean you can't. You, you what are you going to do? Are you are you going to take away braking performance, which creates heat? That's how it works. You know, friction slows things down because you're going to lose wheel weights. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's, I I would have never ever even imagined that happening. And you got to think if it's, I mean, could it just be an Oliveira thing where there's some faulty wheel weights? It's a hard thing to say. If there would have been say three or four or five different people that have had that had that problem, you know, this is this just an isolated case. It, it seems a little suspicious. Like maybe there was something wrong. Maybe the weights weren't, uh-huh. you know what I mean? I don't know. Oh. Who knows? Right. I, I agree. I agree with you. Are you so, literally blaming your problems on glue? On glue. Is that where we are uh, now in MotoGP? And that's GP? what I'm saying. If, if, if that, are we saying that Oliver breaks that much harder than everybody else, that he's the only one capable of doing that. So just an interesting statement. Uh, probably would have, as a team, I probably would have held that a little closer to my chest um, until we see if that's a pattern of things that have happened. And you can go back and say, hey, we saw this as early as Austria early in the year, and now it's happening more often. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. Brad Bender has inked a deal with KTM until the end of 2026. Thoughts? Other than Bagnaya, that's, uh, in my opinion, the the – the the best signing you could have. I mean, Bagnaya is who he is. He's world champion and he's he's winning everything. And but Brad Binder to me is the real deal. Like he is the real deal. And it's going to be really crazy to see how this KTM stuff unfolds with five riders under contract with four seats. But they definitely got the right guy. Uh, Binder is the guy. He's out outshone anybody else that's gotten on that KTM. We've seen moments of brilliance from other riders on that bike, but 
Um, he is a legit title threat. He's, you know, arguably maybe one of the best racers that you could have as far as when the lights go out. It doesn't matter where he qualifies on the grid. He figures out a way to get himself to the front. He figures out a way to get himself results. We see so few mistakes out of him. And, you know, when you look across the other side of the garage to probably the coolest guy in the paddock from what I've been told, Jack Miller, who who's just a great guy. But it's we see Jack get those one laps in and qualifying and then he goes backwards in the race. And if he's not going backwards, sometimes he's tipping off, which, you know, is a sign that he's pushing. But Bender's pushing just as hard and capable of getting results still. So I think that that was the best signing that you could that you could have. Nobody else is going to go after him, and KTM would never let him go anyway. So um, congrats to him on a new contract. You know who he reminds me of? And I don't know why I have this in my head, but just kind of the way he approaches everything, how nice he is, and his talent level to get him to that point. Dude, for some reason, he reminds me of Gary McCoy back in the 500 days. You know, yeah, just, little, I don't know, just like yeah. the vibe of the guy, yeah. you know, just a little guy, but man, he's just a fighter. And that's the thing, man, we race motorcycles and the fact that this dude shows up and now we have 40 something races in MotoGP with those sprint races. He is, he, he he's perfect for the KTM. He's perfect for their, 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 their slogan, ready to race. Just seems like that's Brad Binder's philosophy. Like I'm ready to race anytime. Correct. Um, all right. So the, the the idea of concessions for Honda and Yamaha in MotoGP has come back up. Okay. And if you don't know what concessions are, they're basically special rules that allow people that are behind to catch up. KTM says no. And the reason is no technical rules are supposed to change until 2026, so they don't want to allow it. Again, let's go ahead and think that the possibility that KTM wants those two slots there's two extra grid slots. There's 22 grid slot uh, grid bi- bikes on the grid now and 24 grid spots. And, you know, Dorna has the right at any time they could make more grids. I mean, they'd have to go on a vote and do all kinds of stuff, but basically that's it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Aprilia says maybe. And Ducati, who said no, is now on the maybe side of things. Gigi Delinia's position is, you know, basically kind of said like, well, here's the thing. If we don't give concessions to Yamaha and Honda, the door opens for them to leave MotoGP. And then having those two manufacturers leave MotoGP could be disastrous for MotoGP. So he has kind of softened his positions and say, man, maybe we need some concessions for Honda and Yamaha. So here we are again. I'm just curious that with with now those those perspectives that exist out there and Gigi's thought, what are your thoughts again on concessions because I am still of the mindset that I'm not sure Honda and Yamaha want concessions just from a, <laughs> a pride standpoint. But yeah. anyway, here we are again. Well, they might need to get some, uh, Honda could have all the pride they want, but if they lose their main guy because their bike's not competitive, then that's, that's a problem. Um, I mean, with more and more talk of Marquez going other places as early as next year, um, you know, it's, and I think, you know, when you look at it, if if not to get off the beaten path, but if Johnny Ray was to switch from Kawasaki to Yamaha, knowing that he is signed for next year at Cowie, I think that that's going to show people that it is capable of getting out of these contracts, whatever you have to do, whether it's pay something or whatever. I mean, Greg, there's still no replacement. There's still there's still two Ducati seats open, from what I understand. One at Pramac, which looks like Morbidelli might get, and one at Grassini. 
I mean, is it even probable to think that Mark Marquez could go ride with his brother at Grassini? Is that such a big step backwards for him? Or does he feel like the bike that he would be put on is capable of winning? And you could see those two together on a team. Um, Honda doesn't want that. Honda doesn't want him to go anywhere. I mean, there's even talk of Mir's already getting out of his contract to go sign with Grassini. So you've got it to where what we have done, what has been created by concessions being allowed to all these different manufacturers in both series is now it's become a thing where a rider will say, well, there's nothing in the pipeline for me for next year or the year after. I want to go get on a different bike. You know what I mean? And so I think that it's the concessions thing, while they're trying to make things fair, it's creating much deeper rooted problems because riders now will have the ability to go, well, you know, midway through 2023 is what's going to happen to our bike for next year. Nothing, but it might for 2025. Well, I don't want to wait till 2025. I want to go win now, you know? So the concessions thing will be really interesting. I think, I think Rins will help Quattararo with the Yamaha, but they've had Crutchlow there and all the riders are just saying the same things. So it doesn't matter if you get four more guys riding the Yamaha, they're all going to sit there and go, these are the, these are the problems. What are we going to do to get more competitive? Right. And really great. You get to the stage where you've got to start from the ground up and rebuild a new bike. That's, that's what has to happen. We've seen the Kawasaki and world Superbike be dominant, dominant. And now it's arguably the fourth best bike on the grid. You know, legitimately could be the fourth best behind the Ducati and behind the Yamaha. And, and I really do think that the Honda is not as bad as it's, I think they're, they're close to maybe getting that bike good as well. So, and that's without the BMW. So Kawasaki's, it, it could be the worst bike on the grid by the start of 2024. Yeah, and, 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 and I guess back to your back to your point. Sorry, but where's Honda right now? They're the worst yeah, bike on the grid, right? Back. In MotoGP. Yeah. And they've got the guys who won, won nine world championships that can't – who's literally succumbed. He's Dang. literally succumbed to – I'm just riding around. Can you imagine no. if, 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 if Mark Marquez went to Ducati, what Pecco would do? He would freaking lose his noodle. Well, I mean, lose yeah. Um Probably would, but uh, and, and then there's the idea of what if you put Acosta and Marquez on a team together, you know, um, on a KTM? If there was able to, if that was something that was be able to happen, Red Bull would be stoked. And Brad Bender's already said that, you know, it's uh, having a guy like Marquez on the team. I think would push him even more, and yada yada. So, man, there's so many things to uncover with all of the rider market in both series right now. Yeah. Well, that's what I have for news presented by Rye. Anything else you want to add that you saw maybe today? I, I was at the archery range practicing, so I, I didn't. Really I haven't I haven't read anything. I know they're testing in Aragon and it looked like Petrucci was quickest today over there, which is, is great. Almost a full second quicker. I saw that um that that um Huertis kid got thrown on the Kawasaki yesterday. Kawasaki's only Oh allowed. yeah, in the test. Lowe's uh, Alex and, and Johnny Ray, they're only allowed a certain amount of days, and they were at the, the end of their testing season, I guess you could say, as far as their days are allowed. Their day allotment. Yeah. Their day allotment. So they rode today, but Huertas went pretty good on that yesterday. So, again, this is a thing where we've heard Huertas might get jumped up to the World Supersport team with Ducati. 
and take Bulaga's place. But if Johnny goes, does Kawasaki say, all right, what would be the point of Kawasaki going out and hiring a guy who wants to get paid a ton of money when they know their bike's not competitive anyways, right? So mm-hmm. they've got Alex there. Maybe they bring in a young gun who gets his feet wet and gets gets on the super bike in the hopes that as their bike gets better or as they build a new bike, they get this young guy experience so that when the bike gets better, he'll be he'll be better off for it. Won't have to go through those learning curves. So it's pretty interesting what's going on even even at those tests. I think Rinaldi was quickest yesterday. Hondas were close today as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. This weekend, um, MotoGP goes back to Catalonia. And I think that when you start to look at Catalonia, um, I saw I saw a post yesterday, and you're going to have to help me remind r- remind me of what happened. But I know last year Aleish mistook he thought it was checkered flag, and he still had a lap to go. Do you remember that? Oh my god, I sure do. Yeah, was he leading, or was that that was like, or was he second or third? And he he was on the podium. He was on the podium, was, and then he ended up finishing I'm pretty fourth. Sure he I was think. second. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's how it played out. I'm I'm actually trying to pull up the results from from last year. I should have year. pulled I those just... up before I did that too. Sorry about that, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I I saw a post on it yesterday, and it said something about this year we redeem ourselves type of thing, and um, you know, it reminded me of Giovanni Busai. Do you remember him? Of course, yeah. Leading the race at VIR and thought he won, and oh. on the Ducati. Thought he won the race. Mm-hmm. Pulls over, celebrating. Guys are going by him, and uh, I've seen it. I've <laughs> seen it. Boogie. I've seen it happen a couple times. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the the results from last year. Well, I don't know. I have the results from last year's Catalonia race, and it was, oh, okay. It was Quartararo who won by six seconds over Martin. Zarco was eight seconds. Mir was eleven, and Aleish was fourteen. Yeah, but if. There's there's one of the sheets they have all these PDF sheets, and oh yeah, yeah. It's analysis by lap. He was definitely second going into the last lap, and I remember him waving, and then people going by him, and and uh, just brutal. So, but I think it'll be a good Grand Prix. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching it, see how it starts to play itself out. Well, for 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 sure, like like so. So here's the thing about about Catalonia is you, you you know you have the, the top speed record can be broken because of the way the straightaway is. You come onto the front straightaway, you know, in a higher gear, like third gear, and then you actually, it's flat, and then it starts to head downhill in the length of it. So it's, I think it's between what, Jay? Is it Mugello, Mugello or, or Catalonia or Brno? Or not Brno, um, uh, Qatar, that tend to be like the fastest. Yeah, Mugello. And Mugello I think really Brad fast. Binder holds the, re- Mugello, yeah. Brad Binder holds the record at like 366 kilometers per hour. Crazy. Three sixty six point one is the fastest a MotoGP bike's ever gone. You know, so we'll see if if they get any faster, depending obviously on the weather and all that kind of stuff. But you know, Quattararo winning last year without a bike that was was ripping in top speed, a lot of people think, and was able to beat some Ducatis. I I just don't see an inline four cylinder beating a Ducati. You know, a an Aprilia or a KTM, it just, it just, it, it's such a different season right now than it was. Think about that year. though. Like, I didn't even remember Quadraro winning this race. I remember it was like two years ago. He had the blowout in his zipper and his leathers. Remember? And he was chucking his, 
chest protector out yes. and got in trouble with that. I think that was a couple of years ago, or maybe that was COVID year. I don't remember, but I know it was a while back, but it was at this track. And then, but he won this race by six seconds. You said last year, huh? I mean, and now arguably <clears throat> lucky to finish top 10 this weekend. Yeah. I'm lucky, lucky to finish top 10. So, but that also leads us into our MotoGP fantasy. So people, you got to be thinking about it. Okay. As we, so you basically go to the MotoGP site and, you know, and again, I told you, if you're having problems with the log on, every time you switch page, you got to log on again. It's not working, not playing video. You got to just go delete your cookies uh, on your browser. And there's information on how you do that. It was easy. Even whatever, I figured it out. I, me. Which is which, a freaking amazing yeah. people. That means if Jason can yeah. figure it out, you can figure it out too. Uh, oh I'd my God. Be like me checking tire pressures. I mean, it's just incredible. Like if you had, if you had three words, okay, it would say computer equals stupid equals Jason. I mean, that's like, just put those together, just two equal signs. So when you, when you, you could still, I'm such an asshole. Sorry. That, Jason. That's, that's I just love mean, you. but you know, I love you from I'm, deep I'm, down. I'm taking it. Greg's garage. So it's apostrophe S Greg's garage pod with Jason Pridmore is our league. You know, TB Simmons, one thirty three leads the way with one turbo left. We talked about this on the podcast before in terms of who's ahead. I'm 192nd. Jason is behind me. I don't care if he's 193. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm completely stuck in my team, but I still think I have a decent team for Catalonia. I have Bedzeki and Bagnaya. I have Vinales and I have Mir. And I think Mir is going to come back and podium. Uh-huh. Uh, well, good luck to hello. you. Hello. Hello. Is this thing on? Hello. Is this but look, sad. folks, e- e- join us on our fantasy. Yeah, you know, please, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good it's time. So much, it's so much fun. It is a really good time. We have currently what three hundred seventy-eight players. For the person that wins it at the end of the season, uh, they're going to win themselves a brand new Arai helmet plus Dunlop, a set of Dunlop Q5s. That's their newest track day tire. For second place, you'll get a set of Q5s, and for third place, you get Q5s's, which is the same technology but for the street. And so we're giving away some stuff. And let's not forget, we haven't decided yet, although someone by random number, and I think we're not going to tell anybody what we're doing until the end of the, like literally after it's over, Yeah. but we're going to do something and somebody's going to win a one-on-one with Jason Pridmore at Chuckwalla this winter. Yeah, it'd be fun. Keep in mind, folks, this is, this is training that you're going to take away for the rest of your life on a motorcycle. It is. So, so look, even if you don't finish in the top three, if you're listening to this podcast, get yourself in the pool, join the league. Even if you're dead last, you know, we may just pick a random number and say, whoever finishes 378th is going to be the person who gets the one-on-one ride with JP until they say no. And we go back. So we haven't really decided yet. So come on in, come on, play and, and join us in fantasy. It's super easy. Jay, explain a little bit on fantasy and how it works, because we haven't done that in quite a while. Well, basically, you get a you just get a budget, and you get your you got two gold riders, two silver riders. It's it's actually really really easy to do. You just got a budget of fifteen million to start the year, and you build your team, manufacture, and team itself. So, for argument's sake, you know I got Grassini and I got Ducati as my manufacturer. I got Grassini as my team, and then I got my riders. So two golds, two silvers, and each week the values of each rider or team or 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 manufacturer goes up and down and you kind of play around with those and um and then you get three turbos that at some point during the year if you're feeling really confident like Greg is about Joan Mir putting it on the podium this weekend <laughs> uh you're going to you're going to just literally kind of turbo Joan Mir and if he does well you get double the points right so there I'm you go not, I'm not 
I'm not turbo and mirror. No, don't, don't even bring that up. I am not going to do that. Yeah. I haven't turboed yet. I'll, I'll probably wait till the last six races of the year to see how things pan out. That's kind of how I am. Too. Something tells me that this might be a good Bagnaya turbo weekend. I just haven't looked at the forecast. Yeah. You know, I like I, or Bender. I, I mean, he goes fast. If, Martin. You know, I know. Anyway, I mean, there's a number of guys that go good. Yeah. Here, so. There's a number of guys that can go good at Catalonia for yep. sure. But it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, you bring your friends into it and you guys can talk about it. But I mean, when we're at the racetrack, Jason, I always have conversations about MotoGP fantasy. Yeah. Always. Oh, no question. With, Every- with fans. Yeah. And yeah. I find out people come up to me and they go, I'm such and such. And I'm like, huh? You know, and it, they're <laughs> on the, on the, on the fantasy. That is I'm true. Like, oh, that is yes. True. I got it. I got it. So yeah, no, it's cool. I'm Phil McCracken's lip shits. I'm like, right. I beg your pardon. <laughs> On fantasy. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, you're Phil great. McCracken. I got you, Phil. That's yeah. great. So yeah, so uh, no, I mean, it's it's um it's been fun for us. So what do you think of uh, what do you think of the end of the motocross season? Well, I thought it was it was great. You know, yeah. it, Jet Lawrence was able to go and and clean the season. He won both races at Ironman, and he is the third person in pro motocross history and the fourth time it's been done. So Ricky Carmichael did it twice. I think a lot of people forget that aren't hardcore people. And we, we barely mention it here that James Stewart also did it mm-hmm. one season. And then Jet Lawrence was able to to pull it off. And I think that some people I've talked to uh, in archery that I deal, you know, cause I was in archery all last week, but there's a lot of motocross fans in archery and which would make sense. You know, they, they're, they're people that live out in the country that, that hunt, that shoot, you know, that, that ride motorcycles and have followed it over the years. And they were kind of like, it's been done before, but to me, we all know how difficult it can be. And then, so I thought it was never been done by a rookie though. Never been done by a rookie. No. And you got to remember when people say they're like, well, the competition. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Dylan Ferrandis was the number one plate just two seasons ago. Right, like in pro motocross, like he won it, and then Aaron Plessinger is outdoors his thing. I mean, you know, he rode like GNCC style stuff, and then you have Chase Sexton, who is an absolute stud. The problem with Chase in the championship is obviously he missed what Hangtown, Three Thunder Valley, and yeah. High Point. Yeah, but then if you go look from that point forward, Jay, it's been nothing but like second and third place finishes for him. Adam Cianciarillo was kind of a like I'm I'm happy Adam made the whole season, Jay. That's I think that I was know. his goal too. I think that was his goal. Yeah. Reading his Instagram and stuff, it's like, hey, I made it through a season. We can build. I mean, I always love the argument of there's no competition. Like, like I think it's a funny one because Jet can't help who he's racing against. Like he's whoever they put out there with him is who he's got. So, um. Look, at the end of the day, the guy did an incredible job, won all the races. You could see how much it meant to him. His brother Hunter takes home the championship. Honda goes from like relative obscurity and, and even in motocross terms over the last 20 years. I think I think they said Ricky was the last one to win an outdoor championship for them. And that's well, crazy. And this is this is the new reality too, isn't it, Jason? Like you have to go and look back in time and look at, at Stewart's domination and Carmichael's domination and Jeremy McGrath's domination, yeah. and you go, is this what we're in for the next six or seven years? And yeah, it might be that way. Correct. But Tomac's going to come back. We still have a couple races left this season in this super motocross thing that they have going on. I think there's three events for that, three or four, three, I think. And that's kind of its own separate money and everything else. It's, it, I think Tomac might come back for that because it's more supercross-ish than it is you know, motocross-ish. It's going to be done in stadiums. So there's still more stuff coming up and hopefully, you know, we, we, 
we are due to talk to Weege, aren't we? We are yeah. due to get Weege on this podcast again. Yeah. Jason Wygant. We have barely seen him this season. He was with us road racing all last year, and it was so good to have him around. And as a person, I just enjoy spending time with him. So we'll we'll figure out in this in the schedule when we have another kind of a dip and and talk to him, and he can give us kind of the overview and and how good it was this season and what Jet Lawrence did. And I think all that stuff will be will be really good. Um, so yeah, it's a short podcast. We didn't have any on the road racing side of stuff, but there's still plenty of things that are going on. Next week we'll be previewing, of course us going to circuit of the Americas. If I can get Jason on the blower, if you're not sitting in a, I'll be in a, I'll be in a house somewhere in Texas. <laughs> so we're definitely going to do that because yeah. it's going to be a hundred plus degrees outside. So yeah, um, I have to imagine like, I, if you're going to golf, you're going to golf first thing in the morning. I, I don't know. You're, yeah. you're we'll, obviously going to bring the clubs with you. Cause well, you have yeah. a couple days. They'll be going with me and you know, Kyle and I are talking about it. Kyle Wyman. And there's, yeah, there's a small group of us all talking about getting together there. Um, but I'm going to be in Austin for 11 days, so I'm excited to get down there. And, um, you know, for everybody, watch the uh, watch MotoGP this weekend. Enjoy it. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to get to uh, see some racing in round eight for us that, like Greg said, we'll preview next week. So, until then, everybody, have a great weekend. Thanks, Big Dave, for letting me sit in your, uh, in your living room as I'm getting flipped off right now because he wanted to be on the podcast so bad, G-Dub. He's just like... He's in, sitting in over spirit, here. Kolb is on the podcast. You should see him. He's Tell him so to yell sad. something across the room then. Have him He's, yell something across the room. What do you want to say, Kolb? Do you want to say anything while we're on this thing? What are we going to get from the three times? You, you want to know what I just caught him doing over at his computer? Mm. Don't get any idea. Mm-hmm. It's not dirty. He's looking at watches. You know how he's got oh, this boy. like little watch demons in his head? Yeah. Yeah. That's Kolb now. He's pulling up well, watches. The three time needs a new watch. So, hey, the, the and by good, the way, he's. I can't say anything yeah. too bad right now because he's with a he's been going back to his martial arts thing so full tilt. Oh no! Oh, yeah, no. so I got to be careful because lights. You let him be- know how good looking he. I think he looks today. He looks amazing yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> Greg says you look amazing today. You look, you're so good looking. So there you go. You're styling. Anyways, everybody, have a great week. We will be chatting with you later. G Dub. Later.